Hi everyone, Luke here from The Broken Meeple. Just a quick note about my ongoing Patreon campaign. I hate to ask for money, but if any of you out there wish to support this channel in that way, then please visit the page at www.patreon.com slash thebrokenmeeple. It's listeners and viewers like you that make this channel what it is today, and even as little as $1 a month goes a long way to going towards the hosting fees and to provide new equipment that allows me to improve the quality of this podcast and the YouTube channel. I want to let you guys in on future top 10 lists as well as let you submit questions and stories for future inclusion on videos and podcasts. So check out the page if you like, but if not, I hope you enjoy the show. So take care. See you soon. This is the Dice Tower Network, adding games to your wish list since 2005. Home of smart people, insightful board gaming commentary, and Luke Hector. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com The Broken Meeple, Season 2, Episode 19 Friendly Local Gaming Stores Oh yeah, you bet I'm tackling this one Sooner than arranged, this is a bonus podcast episode that I have chosen to record. Recently, some controversy is going around the internet regarding a video segment that Tom Vassell made about talking about local game stores and this movement to save them. It has exploded beyond comprehension online, and there is good sides and bad sides to the arguments. Unfortunately, there's also a lot of misunderstandings here, and it's time to address them. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode. As I said, we'll get on to the main discussion point a little bit later. First, typical introductions. Things are still going pretty well. The videos are still going on YouTube without too much problems, although I am trying to tone down the amount of games I get as review copies, mainly just because of, well, I want to have a life as well. Uh, Conventions coming up. Sadly, I will not be able to attend Essen 2017. My previous route backed out, it was difficult to find other means. Some of you very kindly offered ideas and suggestions, and I'm very grateful for that. But with everything going on at the moment, and me adjusting back after Amsterdam and everything, you know, it just feels a bit better to take this year off and worry about it next year. And to confirm, I have booked my hotel for Essen 2018. I will be there for the full festival next year. All I've got to do is sort out a flight. However, that does not mean October is no longer full of conventions, because now plans have changed. I am able, due to finances being a little bit tight this month, go to a couple of local conventions. Firstly, I will be at StabCon South this weekend for the three-day festival. Well, three-day event, not really a festival. And StabCon South is a very cheap, very easy convention. It's in Southampton, it's just up the road from me, and it's at the Jury Inn, and if you get in t- if you look for it on Facebook, you'll easily find it, StabCon South. And it's just basically turn up, attend the hotel, play games. Pretty much that's it. They have a small library, board game extras will be selling some very great games and some great accessories there. And apart from that, we'll just be there playing games. So I look forward to it. I'll be there from Friday morning all the way to Sunday evening. It's going to be good fun. Look forward to it. I'll also be going to a smaller convention in Ramsgate later this month on the 28th called Uncom. 
This is, well, I think it's run by him. It, it, this was the guy who got in touch with me, a gentleman I know on Facebook called Darius Tryman. I apologise to you, Darius, if you are listening and I completely mullered your surname. Unfortunately, I am useless with names, as most people are well aware. But he got in touch with me and invited me to the con. Originally, though, it clashed with Essen, so that was a bit of a problem. Now that I'm not going to Essen, though, I've decided to spend a weekend in Kent. I will be attending the convention on Saturday for the full duration. I will be staying over, and then I, on Sunday I will go explore a bit of Kent. Because to be fair, I actually don't know a lot about Kent. I've visited um, Tunbridge, is it Tunbridge on Wells or something? Uh, something like that. But I've, I've visited there, and that's about it really. I know very little about that area of Kent. So it'll be good to check out Ramsgate, see what the place is like. And on Sunday, I'm thinking I might head down to uh, Chaos Cards, actually, because they have a brick-and-mortar store in uh, Folkestone in Kent. I've never been to Folkestone, never been to the Chaos Cards store, but I know them online. They're good people. So, uh, yeah, I think I might pop down and see them on the Sunday. So you might see me there if you're in the area. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for conventions, probably for the rest of this year, actually. Aside from the occasional Dice Portsmouth event and Board at Home charity event, I think that's kind of me done for conventions after October all the way until January when I will be at the next HandyCon event, I think on the 19th of January, I think that's when it is. But I'll be there for the full weekend of that, so that should be a good laugh. Finally, I just want to basically say a big thank you to everybody who is joining in the engagement on the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is a resurrection job for me. You know, I had the original season worth of stuff and it's still on there. You can go back and watch it if you really want to, uh, you know, waste away your time, I guess. But, you know, it's still there. But it was amateurish. And I'm not saying my stuff now is professional. I mean, come on, it's just me, a camera and my room. It's pretty much the deal, really. But... Back then, it was like really bad area to do it in. The acoustics were horrible and I was pretty much new to it all. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Nowadays, I feel like it's got a little bit more clean, a little bit more professional, even though clearly it's not going to take to the lights of, you know, no pun included or anything like that. So I'm grateful to those who are saying nice comments on the YouTube channel. I'm grateful for the uh, constructive criticism as well. You know, things can be improved. You know, some of it costs money, which is a problem, but some of it can just be like me tweaking settings here and there or me adjusting uh, the way it's shot or the way I speak, whatever. So, you know, there are legitimate criticisms that can be made that can be rectified. But the majority of you have been very positive. I've been getting people on the YouTube channel, uh, the YouTube comments saying very nice things to me on, you know, thank you for doing this. Thank you for the top 100. Thank you for, you know, helping me with my decisions, that kind of thing. And, you know, whatever, I'm not here to, like, take glory or anything. That's not what I'm here for. I'm just here to share my opinions on board games because I love it so much. But, you know, it's nice to get that kind of feedback from people because it just makes it feel so much more worthwhile, you know, to know that there is someone out there listening who takes pleasure from listening to it or viewing it in this case. So it it's just nice to hear it. So I'm grateful to everybody who commented on all the videos. It's good to engage with you all. I want to try and respond to as many of the comments on YouTube as I physically can. And I'm being listening. I've been getting some really good stuff on the top 100. Top 100 has revealed some people talking about games they like, games they don't, you know, reasons for why they like something and I don't, and vice versa. And it's led to some cool debates. Constructive, you know, constructive adult debates about board games is great. 
you know, simply just flaming somebody or flaming a game for no apparent reason is not. So that's not what I want to, uh, as much as people will give me jit for, you know, hating on Euros, you know, there is a massive difference between hating on Euros and just not liking a few of the popular Euros right now. You know, so there's not, some things can be taken out of context and we'll get onto that a bit later, but it's nice to hear from you guys. So thank you for the comments and, you know, I'll hope to engage with you in the future, or better still, find you at a local convention and play with you. Because I know some of you are overseas, but some of you are in the UK, so it would be cool to meet you all. Otherwise, I don't know, maybe I'll see you at Essen next year. You know, God forbid there'll be some fluke that means I can either attend uh, Dice Tower Con or uh, Gen Con or Dice Tower Cruise in the future. Gonna need a bit more money before I end up doing that lot. Anyway, so, on with the main event. Yes, it's a big one. Big discussion topic today. There is controversy on the internet, like crazy. Tom Vassell, you know, and before I start, yes, I'm on the Dice Tower Network. So yes, I'm, you know, I'm obviously friends with Tom Vassell. But I'm not employed by Tom Vassell. He does not control what I do or what I say. Therefore, do not take this as being biased towards Tom Vassell, okay? This is me giving this opinion here, not him. So, he has no control over me issuing this podcast out. So, do not take that into, you know, take that and run away with it. This is purely me, okay? So, just to give you a bit of context for those who don't know, he submitted a segment on Board Game Breakfast recently, uh, which was titled Save the Game Store, or something like that. And basically, it was a speech, slash rant, about this whole movement where everyone is saying save the local game store. Now, we'll toss that issue aside for a minute, but what basically happened was, following this speech, the internet went insane. There are threads being posted up on Facebook and Twitter everywhere of people doing a mix of agreeing with what he said and completely slating him to the point of personal attacks and boycotting. Now, okay, if you have listened to this video and you don't agree with what's been said, fair enough. But come on, guys, let's be realistic here. Because I am seeing threads come up where people are slating it off on the grounds that they believe this video is saying, screw all game stores. That cannot be further from the truth if you tried. And if that is, a, if that is legitimately what you got from that video, I suggest you go back, watch it again, and then come back here. Because clearly, you missed a spot. And you need to listen to it again. If you're completely confused by this point, I do apologise. I probably suggest that you go onto the Dice Tower channel and watch the video ahead of me talking about it because then things will be made a bit clearer. But, he was not saying, screw all game stores. Basically, the main context of the, you know, the speech in general was that not every single game store deserves support. You know, because the movement that's going around at the moment is that all game stores should be saved and that the internet is evil. You know, like all these online stores, you know, uh, doing really cheap prices, which means all these brick and mortar stores are going out of business and it's doing a disservice to the hubby. 
Now I can understand the frustration with stores going out of business, particularly from an economic perspective. But despite being an accountant, economics is not my strong point, so I'm not going to get into a debate here about how local stores affect the local economy. Okay, that's not my jurisdiction, it's not my expertise, I'm not going to try and make it. But with regards to saving board game stores, I agree that board game stores are, you know, a good thing. If they're done well. The thing that Tom was getting at is that he loves board game stores. It is clearly mentioned several times in this video that he loves board game stores and he is not hating on them. But there are game stores out there that do the complete opposite for the hobby. There are good game stores and there are bad game stores. The good ones... And, I mean, I'm, I can't really drop too many names, but uh, ones that I have been to specifically, I'll mention, um, you know, Board in the City. It's not technically a game store, it's a game cafe, but it's one local that I go to. Very good. Um, I know, I believe it's uh, Dyson Donuts um, in Bournemouth. They're very good as well, you know, very good quality. Others I need to check out. But, oh yeah, the Dice Cup up in Nottingham, they were pretty cool as well. But, there are bad game stores as well. The ones who actually drive people away from this hobby because you can have a friendly atmosphere when you go into a game store and you want to buy a game or demo a game or just sit down and play games they can be very welcoming they can introduce new stuff to you and you'll leave with a smile on your face and a more a bigger appreciation for board games if your local game store is like that then good on you thumbs up from me carry on doing what you're doing but there are game stores out there, and I have been to some of these in the past, where I swear the people inside need to shut down and go and do something else because there are places where I've been where, you know, they just are far from friendly. You know, they are the complete opposite. You can tell that they feel burdened by the fact you've walked into their store, that you feel they feel burdened by the fact that you're not interested in Magic the Gathering and you're talking about something else. You know, I've seen people who clearly have not got what customer service means. And if that's the case, they should not be operating a game store. And these will drive people away from the hobby. So where Tom is saying, you know, save local game stores that are good, these people do not deserve support if they're running a bad game store. I'm all up for helping local game stores out and game cafes. I'm kind of sort of putting the two into one collection here. But I'm... I'm definitely up for saving these if they're doing a good job. If you're a bad game store, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give you support, and frankly, you don't deserve it. Because all you're doing is a disservice to the hobby, not a service. So, that bit aside. Now, I just want to go over a few quotes here that I took from his speech, because a lot of these threads are going completely out of control and quoting things that weren't there or misunderstanding a few points, but I just want to mention a few right now. So these are some quotes that I have got from his video, and I say quotes, you know, these are the context that I've got, because some people are saying that it was worded badly or expressed badly. Personally, I didn't get that impression, but if you felt it was worded badly, then fair enough. Um, you know, I can't dictate how you should interpret a video or somebody talking. So, you know, it's that's just the way it is. Personally, I didn't have a problem with it. But these are certain aspects that I got from it and my thoughts on them. So, not all game stores promote the hobby. Some do worse than that. 
I've already just talked about that. You know, some good gaming stores are great, do a great service to the hobby. The bad ones don't, and we shouldn't be just automatically supporting them just because they exist. So I won't go any more into that one. The gaming hobby exploded when the internet showed up. To be fair, that's pretty true. Think about it. When did when did the internet come about? You know, properly the internet. We're talking about the 90s, mid 90s. It became like a massive thing and then exploded from there. When did board gaming start coming around? About the same time, right? Yeah, board games existed before the 90s. But when did it really explode? When did people start noticing these things? When did Germany start bringing games over? About mid 90s, wasn't it? Catan and all those sort of things. And obviously that's, you know, you can take or leave like exact timings. But... Think how much the board gaming hobby has grown since the 90s. Before the 90s, or before the 2000s decade started, you were pretty much only involved with board games when you were playing them with your family and the occasional one with friends. But it was mostly about Magic the Gathering and the card games back then, at least that's how I remember it, and of course Games Workshop. But look at the board gaming hobby in the last 15 years. Since like the days of Ticket to Ride onwards, and well, yeah, 2000 onwards, Ticket to Rides, the Pandemics, you know, all these great games that are coming out for heavy gamers, for medium gamers and light gamers alike. Thousands of games are released nearly every year now. For the last few years, the amount of games that are coming out are ridiculous. And a lot of them are great. Not all of them, but a lot of them are great. The whole context of board gaming as a whole has expanded beyond belief. And a lot of that is down to the internet as opposed to a friendly local gaming store. A long time ago, it probably was the case, but nowadays people hear about stuff from the internet a lot more than just word of mouth or just some brick and mortar store on the high street. When was the last time you went high street shopping? Hmm? You know, I can't remember the last time I actually just went into Commercial Road in Portsmouth and just shopped. No need to, I've got online. I can find it online, I can get the information online, and if I want to buy it, I can get it online. The prospect of me going to Debenhams in the middle of the high street is mostly not necessary, unless I desperately need to demo the item. So, it's... yeah. And these days we have message boards, we have Facebook, Twitter, we have, well, I dare say, Reddit, but we... <laughs> that is that is dark, shadowy place, you must not go there, Simba. But, you know, you have meetup.com, you have YouTube, you have all the, you have Kickstarter. All these things exist on the internet. And people know of games more because of these things. If the internet was not around, I guarantee you board gaming would not have taken off to such an extent that it has currently. So this, the concept that the gaming hobby exploded because of gaming stores is just frankly not true. Gaming stores exploded as a result of various methods via the internet. It's just the way it is. You know, technology has advanced us, and that's kind of how it's done for a lot of things. So another one. Um, online game retailers are not the instrument of evil. Well, they're not. Now, granted, if you've got a problem with Amazon.com or UK, fair enough. You know, they, they appear in the press all the time about their practices with employees and their tax payments and stuff like that. So if you have a problem with Amazon, I'm not going to dispute it. That's fair enough. But not every online game retailer is the devil. You know, I 
shop a lot on online game retailers. And if you think that a local brick and mortar store is maybe run by one or two people just trying to make ends meet, some of these online game retailers are exactly the same thing. I mentioned board game extras earlier. That's just a few guys mostly doing it out on a website in a garage. They don't have a brick and mortar store somewhere to set up their base. It's mostly online delivery. They're perfectly fine. And judging by, we're going by UK only, uh, Games Quest, Chaos Cards, uh, Board Game Extra, as I've already said, uh, Games Law, um, Board Game Guru, uh, Traveling Man. There's a lot of online sites that I know of, and I didn't even list them all there. That was just a few. But there's a lot of online game retailers out there, and they do a great job because people are willing to buy games from them. They have a great selection. And, like I say, people find out about these games via searching the internet. Just a Google search of, you know, okay, what is Cult Express? Oh, and now you have Board Game Geek telling you this. You have all the online game retailers stocking Cult Express to sell it to you. You think, hmm, that's not a bad game, actually. You know what, I'd like to try it. Purchase. It's not doing a disservice to the hobby, let's face it. However, granted, there is this whole thing about, you know... People, the brick and mortar stores can't compare with online retailers because of the prices. Unfortunately, that's just kind of the way the world works when it comes to pricing. It is cheaper for an online game store to meet their costs because they don't have to worry about the running costs of an actual store. Rent, rates, utilities, uh, you know, licensing. A lot of that is expensive, believe me. And... You know, a brick and mortar store has to contend with that. So they can't afford to put games at very low costs. So they have to sell it at close to RRP. There are exceptions. However, how well are they struggling for cash? You know, you might want to consider that. But people these days are more hesitant about spending a lot of money on something when they know there's a cheaper alternative elsewhere. It's just because, you know, the economy has got to that point where people are more tight with their cash. They're thinking harder about what it is they want to do. And so you can't expect everybody to just go out to a brick and mortar store and buy their games from there because most of the time they can't afford it. It's not that they want to see brick and mortar stores burn. It's just the fact that when you can buy a game online for £20 cheaper than a brick and mortar store will do, that gaming store has to do something pretty good to make you want to spend your money. And that is how the good gaming stores will hopefully survive. Because they will be able to provide a service that the online retailers can't. You know, they have to work harder to get get your, your business to entice you with good customer service. And that can involve demos. An online retailer has limitations. And this is where the board game store has to capitalize on. Things like, like I say, demos. You can't demo a game on an online retailer. You know, Games Law. I can't go on to them and look up Star Wars Rebellion and demo the game. I could, however, walk into a decent local gaming store, hope they have a copy, and ask if I could see it, internal contents, or better still, if they are a good gaming store, they hopefully have a demo library in there, and they might have it that you can open up and play, or at least try out a turn or two. Perfect. If I was in a situation like that, I would be more willing to spend the extra money to get it from that store because I'm almost paying for the service that they took the time to show me this game, explain it, and let me demo it 
without trying to sound too much like a salesperson selling you a car. And board game stores need to be able to do that. You know, you have to be able to take that sale from someone. And there are far too many times when you walk into a store and, you know, they're, they're almost scowling at you just because you picked the game off off the shelf. It's like, no, you know, let me demo it. Let me see it. Be customer service minded. Now, I mentioned game cafes. Game cafes are personally my pick of the whole thing about brick and mortar stores. I'll get onto a bit more detail on this later, but game cafes, I want more of. I think they're a brilliant idea and they are starting to pop up all over the UK. Some good, some bad. Again, see previous entry about whether the bad ones need support. But game cafes don't necessarily sell games. They might sell a few, but they tend to keep it relatively low. Fair enough, you want another income stream. In which case, I kind of advise them stick to gateway games. Don't sell really obscure stuff if you're really only selling a few things because most of the time you're only going to demo the light stuff, but I digress. But a game cafe can do something that an online retailer cannot do in their wildest dreams. Allow you to enter a decent a room with decent atmosphere, friendliness, sit down, play games, not just demo them, actually play them, and indulge in decent food and drink whilst engaging with friends. Online retailers can't do that. A cafe can. And this is why I love cafes. Board in the city I mentioned before, they do not sell games. They might have a few games workshop models or something there briefly, but they don't go and sell actual board games. So I go to board in the city because I am welcomed. They have good food and drink. Well, granted, they need better ciders, but that's just me being a Somerset purist. But they have good tables. They have a good lighting. They have a good atmosphere, a well-stocked board game library to an extent. And that's what I need. You know, I traveling to Southampton is not a short trip. It's a 35-minute journey down the road. You know, especially if I've just had a day at work. You know, it's a bit of a mission for four hours of gaming. But I go there because I know I'm going to be rewarded with a good time. And these are the places that I show my support to. More than a local gaming store. It's more the local gaming cafes that I get behind. Dice Portsmouth, I've been on about them for ages. Granted, it's hard for them to get commercial property law on their side at the moment because trying to find commercial property in Portsmouth is an absolute nightmare but when they get up and running I will be behind them all the way if they can keep to their promise about how they're going to run their store or game cafe and if they run it anyway like they do their various events that they do the charity events and the uh, dockyard events then they're going to be on to a winner and I'll be behind them all the way so these are the ones which (laughs) You know, these are how these are the ways that you can get business away from the online retailers. But you can't say that every single online retailer is the instrument of evil because they're not. They promote the hobby probably more than the gaming store again. But of course, they can't do everything. So they work in cooperation with local game stores. They are not just simply driving them out. Granted, some do get driven out of business because they can't compete with online stores. Unfortunately, that possibly means that they weren't doing enough in the other departments in order to claw back some extra business. Or perhaps they just really couldn't meet the cost, you know. Rent, rates, utilities, they're expensive. It's hard to run a store. Anyway, uh, that was a lot on that one. Uh, Next one. Uh, uh, Multiple occasions where he says, I love game stores and I'm not hating on game stores. Well, I've already mentioned this before. Like I say, he clearly says that he is not hating on game stores 
and that he loves game stores. He doesn't have a game store in his local area. You know, he mentions one that he's been to, which actually he has witnessed them do a disservice to the hobby by driving people away. Well, yeah, great, you know, thank you, game store. But if he had a local game store in his area that was, like, well-run, brilliant, did all the good things we want a game store to do, he would be behind one step of the way and he would be singing their praises from the rooftops. But there isn't. And so, you know, if the, it's not that he wants the game stores to go away. Period. Uh, finally, uh, before I get on to wrapping up, uh, most people under the age of 30 to 40 got into gaming through means other than the friendly local gaming store. 100% correct, at least from my perspective. Now, forget the age thing here. That's like, you know, take whatever age you want, insert X age here. But let's be frank. How many of you can honestly say that are listening to this podcast right now that you got into gaming purely by means of a friendly local gaming store? I imagine some of you out there are going to say yes. And that's to be expected, because some of you did get into gaming via a local gaming store, which means that the friendly local gaming store did its job right, in which case, well-deserving of support. But, I'm going to bet money that the majority of you out there got into gaming by other means, whether by online searching, board game geek, word of mouth from friends, going round a friend's house and seeing their board game library and going, can we try one of those? I've never really seen them before. Uh, meetup.com I mentioned you know there are Tabletopia and the various websites where you can go online and demo games there's another example so many ways that I bet people out there got into gaming that don't include a friendly local gaming store from my personal perspective I never touched a friendly local gaming store when I was into gaming I never I bought my like magic cards and stuff like that online because there wasn't a decent retailer near me that stocked them. And when I got into board gaming, I searched on meetup.com for random meetups. One appeared, board gaming in Portsmouth, Portsmouth on board, the one I now run, and I joined it. I went to the club, was welcomed, had a friendly atmosphere, I played games, I enjoyed them. Got into board gaming from that point forward and, well, as you can see, it spun out of control. That's just what it is with me when I enjoy something. But there's the thing. Meetup.com, Board Game Geek, The Dice Tower, because when I started, I obviously had to learn more about board games, especially as I thought I was going to start blogging about them. So Board Game Geek was an invaluable resource. So were various podcasts and YouTubers and The Dice Tower themselves. They were the first major, you know, source of videos on board gaming that I watched. And I learned a lot. But other podcasts and other YouTubers, I got the same kind of information from. And all of that had nothing whatsoever to do with a friendly local gaming store. Of course, like I said, I'm not hating on board local gaming stores as well. If you're a good gaming store, then power to you. I hope you succeed, and I will support you all the way. It's the bad ones that Tom doesn't like, and the bad ones that I don't like either. But, you have to admit, most of you out there didn't get into gaming via a local gaming store. It's just how life has been for the last 10 to 15 years, like I say, since the internet took over and made information more publicly available. I imagine that a good 20 years back... Uh, what were we in 2017, so longer than 20 years, maybe a good 30 years back, there was a time when the friendly local gaming store would have probably been your only avenue into board gaming. 
You might have gone around a friend's house and they might have had some games, but you would have not had the internet as much. So you would have had to find other ways of finding out, and without the internet, what would you have done? You'd have gone to the high street, you'd have found a board gaming store, and gone in there, and found out about games. Granted, that's how it used to be. Times have changed. It's not to say that they're redundant, by no means am I saying they're redundant, but there's more competition. The internet is a powerful competitor now, and so the board gaming stores and cafes have to work harder and come up with new ways to bring business to them and to entice people to their shop or store or cafe and take the business away from the internet. But unfortunately, that's easier said than done, and I'm no expert, so it's not like I can give you a top 10 tips on how to run your store. Although saying that, if I was to win the lottery, I guarantee you I would quit my job and go open up a game store, because I would just love to do it. And hopefully I'd be able to run it well, although I would need help. And I'm not to say I would be able to run it well, because, well, who knows? It's harder than it looks, but I'd certainly give it a try. Somebody make me win the lottery, please. Or somebody invent a time machine so I can go find out what the next week's numbers are. I don't know. I digress. Speech and rant over. Like I say, I'm just... I had to get a lot of this off my chest because a lot of hate is going around at the moment and it isn't deserved. If you don't agree with what Tom said, fair enough. But don't misunderstand what he says as I hate gaming stores, I want them gone, and only online retailers are your friends. Because that's not what he's saying. It's not what I am saying either. You know, there are bad gaming stores and this whole movement of Save the Local Gaming Store doesn't particularly differentiate between good and bad stores. Whereas it should There is no reason for some dark cave of a store that has the worst of customer service, that has poor stock and really like bad just everything in terms of running a store. There is no reason why that should demand automatic support for me just because it exists in brick form and not in digital form. The good ones, however, they're worth saving. They're worth going after. Now, of course, easier said than done. We're not made of money here, but they at least deserve a look in. There are certain places in America that just by word of mouth and images alone and Facebook, I would love to visit. Uh, I apologize, I don't know of many American uh, stores, but um, I know that Cool Stuff Inc. has online retailing and stores, so I'd be interested to see what they're like. But uh, Snakes and Lattes, they're a good one. They appear on, I think, Board of Game Breakfast, or is it Blender now? I don't know. They appeared on some segments, but I, from what I have seen of them and heard of their place, wow, do I want to go there. If I'm ever in the area of Snakes and Lattes, I will visit them, period. That is a guarantee. Of course, that involves me having enough money to fly to the United States for a holiday, but that's easier said than done as well. But, oh my God, yeah, from what I've seen of that place, I want to go there, and that's just by word of mouth and testimonials alone. So if you're a game store or cafe doing a good job, then people will talk about it. Word will spread. Again, the internet is your friend because word will spread via the internet. But if you're not doing a good job, people will know and they will talk about it. The internet will not be your friend on that occasion. So, like I say, take this for what it's worth. Whether you agree or not with Tom, 
whether you agree or not with me. You know, I'm not saying everybody on there out there needs to agree with me here. You're, some of you are going to disagree. That's fair enough. That's the whole point of this hobby. You know, everybody has their different opinions. But don't misinterpret these things as we hate board gaming stores. You just have to sort of get the idea that, yes, some of them need saving, not all of them do. But also understand that the online world is not the embodiment of evil. It's there. It's a tool. It has definitely been an integral part of exploding the board gaming hobby. Whether you like the fact that the online world has dominated or not, you cannot deny it's had that kind of impact. So, like I say, take it for what it's worth, but don't go hating on people for the sake of it. It's it's certainly worth debating this whole topic, but I just feel like maybe Thomas is getting a little bit of an unfair reception to it. You know, I just wanted to get my uh, two cents out there and provide my personal opinion on the subject. So, hope you enjoyed listening anyway. That's it for this episode. I will see you on what will be episode 20 of season 2 of The Broken Meeple. No idea what I'm going to talk about for that yet. Maybe I'll do a post-convention report of, uh, I suppose, um, uh, Uncon's still 28 days away though. I'd like to get one out sooner. I don't know. I'll think of something. So, I'll see you on episode 20, guys. Take care. Hope you've enjoyed listening to me rant anyway, whether you agree or not. And I'll see you on the next time. So, if you like what you hear, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the uh, podcast, and check out my YouTube videos, subscribe to that channel, and check out my written reviews on my Blogspot website. Again, subscribe to that if you can. I'd love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear your feedback. So, get in touch. And if you want to support me even further, the Patreon campaign is still ongoing. So take care, and I'll see you on episode 20. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. You can check out more material from The Broken Meeple at my website at www.brokenmeeple.blogspot.co.uk. You can also find me on Facebook or see my Twitter handle at The Broken Meeple. If you live anywhere near Portsmouth, feel free to come along to one of our fortnightly Wednesday board gaming clubs, Portsmouth On Board. Search for us on meetup.com or Facebook for more information. Occasional support for The Broken Meeple comes in the form of review copies of games, from distributors such as Estevium Games and from retailers such as Chaos Cards, where you can find great games at great prices at chaoscards.co.uk. Thanks again, and from me and everyone else at the Dice Tower Network, have fun gaming. You're listening to the Dice Tower Network. If you like this show, you might like Blue Peg, Pink Peg, or The Snakes Cast. Find out more at dicetowernetwork.com.